Hello and welcome back to Perfectly Paranormal, episode 53. My name's Anna Schmidt and I'm here every week to share with you true paranormal encounters and information about devils, demons and dark energy beings that no one else talks about. And today, I am opening up the witching hour. We're going to look at what it is. Is it real? Is it even relevant? And how does it affect us if we believe in it? And I'm going to share some of my paranormal experiences that I've had after dark, between midnight and 4am. So let's delve into the witching hour in a paranormal sense. And also, we're going to touch on a scientific explanation for the sometimes strange occurrences between midnight and 4am, and see what we can uncover. Now, many people believe that the witching hour is a magical time of the day, when witches create potent magic spells and demonic beings can be summoned, or that paranormal beings, including spirits, are more active. Now, midnight has always been thought to be a powerful time of the day. It's neither in one day or the other. It's a type of crossing point, invoking the possibility of supernatural happenings. Now, I did a little bit of research into the history of the witching hour to find out why people think such things. And I found that as far back as the mid-1500s, the Catholic Church put the mockers on all activities in the middle of the night, banning all gatherings or mysterious activity between 3 and 4 a.m. Now, I did wonder why, what was the reason for this? And when I did a little bit more research, I found that Christ was thought to have died at 3 p.m. So to Christians, they deemed that 3 a.m. being the complete opposite time of the day could hold some sort of a natural devilish power. Now, they were fearful of people partaking in any type of secret black magic practices or devil worship being carried out, invoking the darkness into our earth reality to plague us for all of eternity. I mean, seriously, do they think that people actually do that? I have to say, I imagine most people in those days would have been in bed at that time of the morning, trying to get those last few hours of sleep before having to get up mostly at sunrise and tend to the day's work on the farm and getting the family ready for the day's activities and routines. Now, the witching hour has also been thought to bring bad luck, although the darkness could envelop you, warping your mind and your soul. While many people may not take the idea of the witching hour literally, today it has still left a lasting mark on our thinking, and sometimes in our culture, as people, quite often these days, will loosely use the term to describe a troublesome time of the day or an unsettling experience as having been blamed on the bad luck of the witching hour. Now, scientifically, exploring the body's reactions to the wee hours of the morning may suggest a physiological response where the body's sleep cycle goes through REM sleep and may experience unsettling occurrences if people wake suddenly such as disorientation, experiencing dread, panic or anxiety, nightmares, 
night terrors, or even possibly sleep paralysis. And if we look briefly at Chinese medicine, the wee hours of the morning correspond to the regeneration of two organs within the body, the liver and the lungs. And the liver goes through a cleansing process daily between 1 and 3 a.m. And sometimes people may wake feeling that they're experiencing some sort of digestive disruption or some sort of digestive distress. And with the lungs, they do their thing between 3 and 5 a.m. every morning. And I must say that I always feel a little bit wheezy between 4 and 5. So I probably should get that looked at medically. Now in the old days, I'm talking old, 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 way, way, way back, or even modern times, many used to think that ghosts, spirits and witches, and even the demons, were more powerful in the wee hours of the morning. But I have to tell you that in truth, it really doesn't matter. As the paranormal world is open 24-7, and they're around us all the time. I see it, I feel it, I experience it, And I know from many years of my own personal experiences that they are always here. Now, before we get into the witching hour experiences that I want to share with you today, if you're constantly waking up at 3am, here are some suggestions to keep you asleep until hopefully at least 6 or 7am. Now, number one, you can try listening to a sleep app, something with soothing talking or meditative sounds or music. So number two, you can use a sleep mask. I've actually used one of these in the past when I found that passing cars or the light from the streetlight outside used to keep me awake, especially in those early hours of the morning when I was in a more light sleep state. So I found that using a sleep mask really did help. So number three, now I personally find too that if I go to bed later, I wake up later. This seems to work for me about 80% of the time. Now, I'm not going to say this will work for everyone. What I'm sharing today are some of the things that I have tried or that people have suggested to me. Number four, some people use white noise apps to help block outside noise. If noise is something that triggers you to get your brain going and to wake you up, using one of these white noise apps might just do the trick. Now, number five, understanding your sleep comfort really does help you work out the best way to stay asleep, like the best mattress for your body, the pillow that supports your head just right, and not too many blankets or too little bed coverings. I find that I tend to roll around in the middle of the night, which is those early hours of the morning, when I'm too hot. And if I take off the blankets, find that I sleep better if I'm slightly cooler in body temperature. So number six, I find what works for me sometimes is to not drink liquids just before going to bed. And then I find that my bladder is not over full and waking me up in the middle of the night because that is one thing. As soon as my feet hit the floor, I walk to the loo and I come back again. That's when I really find it hard to get back to sleep. And number seven, the last thing, if you do wake up, just stay relaxed. Don't overstimulate your mind. Don't start thinking about what you have to do for the day or any worries or any anxieties you've got going on. Do some deep breathing. Relax, 
Maybe put on some music, something soothing like I mentioned earlier. Using a sleep app, listening to some meditation, doing something that just keeps your mind in a very calm state. And you will find that you will soon nod back off to sleep again. Now listen to what I've been told by dark energy beings and witnessed myself and felt myself during the witching hour between 12 midnight and 4am. And I've called this experience my Bedroom Boundaries Action Plan. Now paranormal beings tell me that they do like our night times as they know that this is when they get the optimal responses and people are most afraid of them. You know, the whispers in the night, the spooky rattles, groans, banging, knocking, and all that. And people being really gullible, oh my goodness, we give the best emotional responses at that time of the night. And we create these energy beings' beloved energetic food. Now, this is where my personal experience chimes in. Now, I'm not ashamed to say that a few years ago, when at 2am, I was being continuously poked and prodded and sometimes experienced electric shocks. And I'm sure these naughty unseen forces thought it was really funny. And I am well known for easily creating hostility, like in the middle of the night. I only do it two times. It's either in the middle of the night or when I'm on the road driving. I'm a bit of a road rager. So I am aware that I do it. I have to work on not doing it. So when I'm in bed, sometimes I get very verbal and very physical and I yell at them and I kind of flail my arms around like some sort of mad person. When I'm being annoyed by their intimidating tactics, like I can only take so much at two o'clock in the morning because I sleep mainly from 11 till about four. That seems to be my quality sleep time. And then the rest is sort of rolling around in bed. And it's got nothing to do with the witching hour. It is just the way that my body functions. And I've come to learn to live with that. When I give you that time frame, it's got nothing to do with the witching hour. I don't believe the witching hour exists. It is simply just something, like I mentioned earlier, that was made up to frighten people. Now, this is where my bedroom boundaries action plan steps in. I don't respond in the angry, annoyed way anymore. I am much older and wiser and I'm onto it. Like I know what they want. So I use reverse psychology and I am not going to give it to them. I simply remind them very gently of my bedroom boundaries. And what I mean by that is I say out loud, Like this isn't yelling at them. This is just saying it in a sort of a moderately toned voice because I find that when you say things out loud, you are creating a vibration. I could quite easily think what I'm going to share with you, but I find that it carries more power when you say it out loud. So when I'm lying in bed, so this is what I say to these naughty, tricky pranksters. I say out loud, if I'm lying down in bed, then I am out of work hours. This is my time off, right? If you want help, you need to wait in my kitchen or outside my kitchen window and then you just come in when you see me sit down to start my day's work. And sometimes I repeat that message two or three times until they get it. I do get some paranormal pranksters though who don't. and won't follow my bedroom boundaries. And this is usually around 4am. 
Being a Leo star sign, I've had to train myself not to roar at them as any negative emotional response creates some type of energetic food source. Like I mentioned earlier, mine is hostility. For others, it might be rage or anger or conflict, but I find that I go straight to probably one of the worst ones, which is hostility. So I just work smart these days, choosing to zen out, refusing to create any of the usual hostile or resentful thoughts when I'm annoyed or sleep deprived. And you know what? They get the message. After a while, they just give up. Like I had one this morning, and this is most mornings because you're all going to be listening to this at different times, is that they'll come in, they'll give me a poke and a prod, see if they can get a response. And they just go again because they know they're not going to get what they want. In a way, I've kind of trained them. I hope they're not listening. (laughs) You imagine training dark and demonic beings. That's quite a funny thought. Anyway, we won't go down that track. Now, you're going to love this next little rather unsettling story. Now, I've called this the thigh slap. Now, you're all sitting there going, oh, my goodness, where is she going with this? It's all very G-rated. But it is just something interesting. Oh my gosh, this is something interesting I've noticed that I get quite a lot because it does get a slight reaction out of me. Now, although an inside thigh slap in the wee hours of the morning usually wakes me with quite a start, like, and I lie there wondering, who is that and why are they doing it? Now, I haven't quite worked out what type of energy beings use this particular tactic, but it is somewhat unsettling. When you're asleep or you're dozing, lying on your side, all curled up, legs together, and you, you feel this very sharp slap on the inside of one of your thighs. Now, is it done in jest? I do wonder. These beings do have a sense of humour and they know what triggers us. But yet again, I give no negative or otherwise responses to this tactic and simply just repeat my bedroom boundaries action plan. And sometimes I just shorten it and I just say, look, you know what? I'm lying down. I'm in sleep mode. Please come back in the morning. Just go and wait in the kitchen. I just talk to them like normal people and generally they'll respond because they're not going to get anything out of me. So they just do what I ask. That usually works. But if they keep it up, I just roll over. I just keep rolling over. I had to stop lying on my back because they would pull my ankles Now, my ankles are a really sensitive part of my body and they know it. I don't know how they know it. They knew it before I even started talking about it and sharing this information. I somehow think that these energy beings can tap into us and work out what our fears are, what triggers us, basically. So you'll get a giggle out of my next experience. Oh, I have so many experiences with these paranormal beings. It drives me a bit batty sometimes. And sometimes I wish they'd stop and then other times I don't because I learn so much. I share a lot. Other people tell me that they've experienced these things and they've now learned not to react to them, not to give these beings the energetic food that they want. So anyway, let's get to this experience that I have called the wall cracking wake up call. Now, every morning, 4am is the time that my brain seems to come online again. Now, like I mentioned earlier, after my sort of four or five hours good quality sleep. Now, these paranormal beings wanting help seem to sense when my consciousness, when my conscious brain 
starts thinking about the days happening around about 4 or sometimes 5 a.m. And they come through the wall in my bedroom. And the wall makes a cracking sound. Now, I've talked about this before. It's where the wall meets the ceiling, that sort of right angle. That is where they seem to come in. I used to think that it was connected to portals. Oh, there's a portal there, there's a portal there, there's a portal there. No, they are simply just following my energy. Now, a friend of mine stayed one night and she was in my spare room. And more than once, she has heard or been woken by these loud cracking sounds. Now, it used to frighten her at first. But after my explanation, she kind of understands now why the walls make that sound. And we just laugh about it and we call it incoming. It's become my little joke. So whether I'm sitting in the kitchen of a daytime doing a Zoom call, doing an interview, being interviewed by someone about the paranormal, they know I'm talking about them. So I get the wall cracking thing happening in that exact spot where the wall meets the ceiling. I get this cracking sound and sometimes the person on the other side will stop and they'll say to me, like, what was that? I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. Just let's just keep going. Let's not let's not talk about it. (laughs) So funny. They just follow me everywhere. So we just call it incoming. So if you ever hear me say that and I'm in the middle of a podcast, wouldn't it be funny if they did it right now? No, not gonna honor my request. Doesn't matter. Now Quite often, my friend and I would sit and we would discuss the debunking of these house noises and we would look at it in the following way. Because like I've said before, I never assume anything is paranormal. Always go through the rational, always go through the medical, the mental health, the rational side of things. If it's none of those, it's got to be energetic. So what we looked at with my house was, it's not the house moving. You know, people say, oh, the houses move when they get hot or when they get cold. So it's too early in the morning for the sun to be hitting the house at 4 or 5 a.m. The sun generally comes up here around, I don't know, 5.45, 6 a.m., sometimes later. And anyway, my bedroom is on the west side of the house. Now, another thing we looked at is there are no rodents or possums in the roof that can cause these issues because it generally only happens in the room that I'm sleeping in. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm not consciously trying to create a crack in the wall at 4am. I would seriously rather get a bit more sleep. But because I sleep very lightly, I hear the noise. You know, and she hears it quite often. Now, another thing, I tried sleeping on the couch one night. At 3, 4, 5 in the morning, the cracking followed me to my lounge room. So this tells me that it's an awareness that they have because they want help. Now, because I'm awake at that time, around that 4 and 5 a.m. time, I'm just kind of listening. I'm dozing, trying to pretend I'm asleep. They know that, like this become a bit of a joke now because they're tuned into your energy. So the way your energy vibrates must be different when you're asleep to when you're awake. That's something interesting to think about. Sometimes they're coming in because they're part of a house clearing job that I'm due to start that day. And they've learned now not to do the poking and prodding thing of the night because it's not going to distract me from doing the house clearing job or the personal clearing job. Now, paranormal beings that are in this reality don't use portals. Portals are interesting. Let's not get sidetracked. I did a whole episode on portals back in episode 28. So if you want to check that out, 
go and have a listen. Now, there's one thing I will say is that I do have a wake-up morning energy being. I don't know what to call this person, being, energy person, whatever it is. It will come into the room. If I doze back off to sleep, which does happen sometimes, I hear a gentle crack. It's not a massive crack. It'll be a little gentle one. And within about five, maybe ten seconds, I will feel a very gentle touch on the back of my leg. Now, there's nothing nasty in what this being is doing. I mean, there's nothing nasty in the other ones either. They're just a little bit more pushy and demanding. But this is kind of like a wake-up call, which is what I've come to call it. Because they want me out of bed. They want me to start work. People who want to do this work is absolutely draining. There is no... I'm not going to say there's no relief from it. Some days are worse than others. But it's very demanding. It's not something you do as a gimmick. It, it is a career. It is a life choice. It's actually more than a career. It is a lifestyle. When you are working with transitioning spirits, working with dark or demonic beings, it is definitely a lifestyle because sometimes you can lessen it. I have not found that I can actually fully turn it off, but I think that's partly my problem because I'm a paranormal addict, as I've talked about many times. I just want to know. I want to understand. I want to learn. I want to educate others about these beings. So it's partly my problem, what it is, and I've just learned to live with it. Now, I have to say, after all the things we talked about with the witching hour today, I hope you've got a bit more of an understanding about it from my perspective. Now, this is just one perspective. If you want to believe in it, you believe in it. I'm not here to point the finger and go, my way is the only way. This is just another perspective. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. There's one last thing I would like to say. I always have a bit of a giggle and roll my eyes when I'm watching paranormal investigators getting all mysterious and talking about the witching hour. And they're roaming around buildings at 2am. Seriously, I'd rather be in bed. Paranormal beings are here in our reality all the time, day and night, 365 days a year. People simply just love the drama of the witching hour. So in episode 54, we're exploring graveyards. And boy, do I have some curly nighttime experiences to share with you. Not in the witching hour, technically, just when it gets dark. And these are from my early days when I experienced some rather shocking encounters, literally, in more ways than one. So we're going to be looking at two. Why do spirits hang around their graves? Or why do people think that spirits hang around their graves? And why graveyards scare the bejeekers out of people? So if you're interested in hearing my graveyard experiences or some of my impressions, or what other people have told me about their graveyard experiences, please join me for episode 54. If you like this spooky content of this episode today, please hit the subscribe button and you will get a notification when every new episode is released to the public. And stay tuned for many, many more episodes unpacking the strange and unseen aspects of the paranormal world around us. So thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, if you want to share a paranormal experience just with myself, or you would like me to share one of your experiences through my podcast, you can do a voice recording or you can write out your experience and I will read it exactly as you have written. You can email me at 
spiritualbeing44 at gmail.com. And for information on paranormal house clearing, you can visit my website, Spiritual Being. You will find the address in the description box. And I look forward to sharing this spooky space again with you next week. And remember, life is perfectly paranormal. <laughs>